this is Cardboard Mama, and in this episode, we'll be at the gaming table for some quick hit reviews of some older board games. We will be discussing four games in this episode. You can become zookeepers in Baron Park, go on an adventure in the aptly named Adventureland, cultivate an island on Embark, or take on the role of a shady innkeeper in the Bloody Inn. There's sure to be something for everyone. Let's see what we thought. Baron Park was designed by Phil Walker Harding, illustrated by Clemens Fromms and Altilier 198, and distributed in North America by Asmodee. It's a lookout game, and our edition was published in 2018. So we were finally able to get our hands on a copy of Baron Park, and we just finished playing. Yay, bears! Uh, so I was really intrigued by this game because I love building zoos and that sort of thing. I love that theme. It was straight up the bears that attracted me to the game. But it's a polyomino building your zoo game. It's pretty straightforward. I got it because I love building parks. And you do do that. It feels very solitary, though, except you can block people from specific tiles. I didn't feel that there was enough interaction for me. No, it was extremely multiplayer solitaire. Uh, on the plus side, the game was very easy to uh, teach and the rules were really nice. It is super easy to pick up, especially if you're a gamer already. You basically already know how it's going to work. I didn't feel like there were any new surprises. I did like covering the different spaces and that is how you triggered the different tiles that you got. I thought that was a neat mechanic. Agreed. Uh, setup was a little bit of a bear. Yeah, I'm saying it. But uh, aside from that, I didn't have anything really negative about the game. It just left me wanting a little bit more. Yeah, I do think we need a little bit more difficulty. Um, I'm not sure. We we didn't play with the expansion, so I'm not sure what that adds. The Bad News Bears expansion. But I think it was just okay. I would probably give it a six. I'd give it a little bit higher than a six. Like a six and a half, maybe. I think it might be a good, not an intro game. But maybe, okay, you've played Ticket to Ride. Here's an interesting new style of game now that you're a little more familiar with stuff that isn't a common roll and move or if people you know really like carcassonne i think this would be a good agreed so does it stay in our collection i think it stays in our collection uh hopefully we can get a copy of the expansion on the cheap and maybe that'll solve some of our quibbles i think it stays for now but i'm not sure how many more plays it will get before I'm like, oh, okay, I'm done. So we'll see. So to the shelf of reckoning it goes? Yeah, I think so. Adventureland was designed by Wolfgang Kramer and Michael Kiesling with illustrations by Franz Volwinkel. It was published in 2015 by Haba. We just got done playing Adventureland. It is not what I expected from when I looked at the box the first time, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. 
Uh, I missed this the first go around because it came out in 2015 and we are in 2020. But it has been on a couple of Tom Vassell's list before and I do really like the theme. I love going out and picking up stuff and but they're hidden so you're not sure like if what the sword is worth and that sort of thing. But roughly what the game is is you have workers on the outside of the board and you can move them down and to the right, but you can never go back or up. So it's one-way flow and you collect swords and herbs and gold and you're fighting monsters and that's basically it. Yeah, there are three different modules that come with the game uh, that vary in complexity. You can get points by collecting groups of companions together with your adventurers, collecting swords, collecting gold, all of it dependent on the scenario. And there's a little bit of risk involved because, particularly with gold, which I found interesting and ultimately kind of frustrating, not in a bad way, just in a, well, I guess I deserve that sort of way, if you are collecting a gold piece and another gold piece comes up that is on a fur space further down the board than you are, a water nymph will knock your character off of the board and out of the game, which I thought was kind of cool, really thematic, really sucks when it happens to you. I think it's a really nice, lightweight family game barely any rules in it you could teach it um a couple minutes max i think i'll be uh showing it to my dad that sort of thing but i definitely think it's a keeper i did notice that there are a couple expansions so i might actually look into that and see what they add absolutely the box says that it's 10 to 99 years for the suggested ages i think you could easily at least the first scenario teach a five or a six-year-old how to play and they wouldn't have any kind of problem with it. So it's a keeper. Absolutely. Embark was designed by Philip DuBerry, illustrated by Robert Gonzalez, and published by Tasty Minstrel Games in 2018. When we went to Dice Tower West this year, uh, 2020, I played Embark because it was on the Play to Win shelf. And I had previously overlooked this game because it has the same art and design that Harbor does. So I thought it was actually from the same designer and I didn't love Harbor, but it actually isn't. It is by a completely different designer. And I am so glad I picked it up because it is really good. The game was a blast. A little bit cutthroat, but not in a way that really made me have a sour taste in my mouth. I think it scales really well for two. And there is some cutthroat parts in it, but everybody's kind of being the same kind of cutthroat. And it's very um, regimented kind of what you can do to undermine people. Absolutely. You've got some variable, they call them talents, but it's a special power that you get during the game. There was a whole deck of those, so I think that'll keep the game fresh. 
There are a couple of different islands that you're moving your settlers to that you can uh, shuffle, and especially with two people, that'll keep things a little more interesting. I mean, in the game, you are behind screens putting your guys out to different boats to embark on these islands, and then you can be a farmer or an explorer or a miner. I mean, there are people... Um, like captains are wild the little extra things but that's basically the game i do think like if those things don't change but because the it depends when the different boats come out and what the other person is doing i don't think that it would necessarily feel that stale agreed and the warrior uh role the cutthroat part that we were talking about it's really not that bad because it's not like you permanently lose your peace you just get to move it out the next round, and that kind of gives you a little bit of an advantage, potentially, because now instead of placing five workers per turn, you're placing six plus. I do really like that mechanic where if my guy doesn't get on his boat, or the space is taken once I finally get there, everybody goes to the pub and I get him back. I really liked it. it another quick, fun, uh, really good game. I want to keep it in the collection. What do you think? Oh, definitely keeping it. I sought it out after after I played at the con. I just I was I was really surprised. Um and I just had so much fun. It felt really nice and refreshing. I'm so happy that you ended up scoring a copy. The Bloody Inn was designed by Nicholas Robert, illustrated by Weberson Santiago and published in 2016 by Pearl Games. Hello, we have just finished playing The Bloody Inn. This card game has you as super corrupt innkeepers. As an example, your player actions are bribe a guest, build an annex, kill a guest, bury a corpse, and launder money. All perfectly normal innkeeper things, wouldn't you say? Sorry for any innkeepers who are listening. The theme and the art definitely go hand in hand. I think it really comes out and it's really nice. I think it is really dark. So if that is not something you're into, I would skip this one. But I don't feel, like I didn't feel like I was actually murdering people or anything like that. Um, because you just flip it over and then you see the coffin and, you know, you don't have blood or anything like that. But Despite the title. <laughs> That's true. You know, that is a good point. Um, it One interesting aspect of it is that you kill the people, you kill the guests, and you want to rob from them, but you have to bury them first. So you have these corpses laying in front of you and you need to bury them in the annex. But at the end of the round, if there's a cop out, he can catch you. And if that happens, you've got to pay 10 francs to the local gravekeeper to get things taken care of before the police figure out what you're doing. So it was real easy to get into a loop of, oh, I have a corpse out. And there's a cop, so I need to kill the cop, but I don't have enough time. Because in some of the interesting aspects of this game is that it's very limiting. On your 
in a round, each person only gets two actions. Yeah, it made every choice you made very, very important. And I definitely can see how it can be a little analysis paralysis prone, though, because there are multi-use cards. But I think that's one of the shining gems of the entire game. Oh, absolutely. It's really hard to determine, hey, am I going to kill this guy because he gives me a lot of points? Or am I going to hire him as an accomplice and let him build the building that he does, which has a cool endgame effect or in-game effect? And that is also interesting. Like, you don't do any of the dirty work. You're hiring accomplices to do everything. But I think, ultimately, it's a really fun card game that doesn't have that many rules and is really thinky. I absolutely adored it. I'm so happy we got it. And I hope that you can find a copy. This is Cardboard Mama. Thanks for joining me at the game table. Catch new episodes every Sunday. Takes all that I have.